What's up, everybody? Welcome to the P.O. Vincent Podcast here on the River's Edge Online Radio Network. I am your host, Vincent Didiano, giving you my point of view on movies. And with me, of course, is my buddy, my pal, my comedic comrade, the human megahorn, Eric Williams. What's up, man? Hello, Vincent. You called me the human megahorn. Did I say megaphorn? Mega- no, I said megaphorn. You said megahorn <laughs> earlier this week at an open mic, and people were like, oh my God, we've never heard that before, <laughs> and that is the most accurate description of anything we've ever heard. Yeah. Oh, God, that was fun. We were at, uh, <laughs> for, those, uh, for those of you who are listening or watching in for the first time, hey... Thank you for tuning into the show. We appreciate it. Where are uh, we, Vince? Uh, we are we're, well, we're located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. More specifically, Millvale, which is you know, a small town right next to Pittsburgh. That's having its days right now. Yeah, having the uh, Millvale Day is a festival where they block off certain streets. They get attractions, entertainment, the whole thing, uh, which uh, for us doesn't matter because we will be working through the whole damn thing. <laughs> uh, well, you, well yes maybe not you, no. but you live. You live. Also, yeah. it goes through like here. it's Thursday, Friday, yeah. Saturday. So either. We are doing right. a I much longer podcast than I anticipated. We're going for the record. I hit up Guinness, and they're like, well, if you could do it for like three days straight, we'll put you in. And what I was like, is there? I feel like that's not the record at all. I feel like from like radio, it's like seven or eight days or something. I shit. think I heard about that story years ago where a guy, he, he I, I, I'm probably totally wrong, but the guy, he stayed up the whole time. But by the end of it, he was like psychologically <laughs> fucked. Because he, although none of that sleep was happening. So I don't remember like the exact details, but but I feel like that story uh, inspired a Pete and Pete episode. Oh well, the one where they, oh god, this yeah, I, I, this where sounds... little Pete decides he is going to stay up for eight days in a yeah. row. Oh my god, Pete and Pete taking me back, man. So oh far, God. you probably didn't even realize that Steve Buscemi and Janine Garofalo are in that show. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Both of them. <laughs> Not one boat! <laughs> oh He's God, like the neighbor back. dad, and she's a character. I don't fucking know. She was probably writing, too. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, yeah, they're both on the original <laughs> cast. That is from the Nickelodeon fucking golden era. But, yeah, yeah that was a classic episode. Like, he decides he's going to do it and, like, gets to seven days. But then even Artie, the strongest man in the, in the world. world. Oh, God, Artie. He falls asleep in, like, the Superman pose. <laughs> and oh my so God. Pete's mom, who's been against the whole thing. I mean, it's both Pete's mom. We're talking about little Pete. We're talking about little Pete. Oh my yeah. God! Do you remember the heartbreaking episode where Artie leaves? Do you remember that? Okay, that's actually like way better than why. Because you were like, do you remember the heartbreaking episode where Artie turns out to be on a Megan's watch list? Like, <laughs> that, like I was like, wait, what? what? Like, oh, where Artie? I actually. I, don't remember that one specifically. Yeah, I, I'm having trouble remembering the specific plot details because I haven't watched Pete and Pete since the mid to early '90s. Uh, but no, it was like, it yeah. But Artie, there's somebody watching or tuning or like tuning in right now. It's like Pete and Pete. Like they, had, it was a show back in the early days of Nickelodeon. Back in the good old days. I don't know if today's it day. It was a show. Yeah. Back it, in a time yeah. when gingers were still on a pressed race. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Pete and Pete changed everything. For that <laughs> uh, no, I mean, no. Yeah. In all, like, I was making a joke there, but seriously, name me another show where two gingers are the lead characters named in the title of the show. You can't. <laughs> There's probably somebody who's gonna be, who's listening or watching right now, and they're like, "Oh, click, 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 click." They're right down in the comments. <laughs> oh. They're like, "Well, technically, Lamb Chop is actually a ginger lamb, so ah. Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop make for two gingers." And I'm like, "You did too many drugs and watched Lamb Chop." <laughs> 
Lamb chops play along. There's now even more people going like, what? <laughs> we're going, we're going way back. We're getting nostalgic <laughs> as shit. It's right okay. Now. Like the the fucking nineteen year olds that have siblings uh, a decade older than them will get this. Yeah. Get these references because their older siblings will force them to watch the same exactly. shit they watched growing up yes. on reruns. Yeah. A- ask your older stepbrother from your father's fourth marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I'll explain everything. <laughs> that is a phrase I hope you use every week of your life. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, so uh, we were talking about this open mic. Uh, yeah. We were uh, at, where is that open mic? The open mic is at uh, Grist House here in uh, Millville in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's been around for several years. It's become, a, you know, that's like a go-to location here if you come to Millville. Uh, I think they hit their five-year anniversary That sounds recently. about right. Yeah, no, uh, they're a great little town. They're a uh, microbrewery. Is that the term I want to use? Uh, uh, brewery, micro... Like, yeah. They they are a small brewery that makes delicious beer. Yeah. Um, one I loved, which they don't have anymore, but I get it. Much like the McRib, it cannot be around. A higher, higher, higher quality McRib was the uh, oh fuck was the uh, the get sh- uh, with a swifty swifty with a Rick and Morty inspired beer and it was fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. I hope they bring it back someday because Rick and Morty season four will be coming around sooner or later. October, I think. I is think, it October? I think so. And oh I think God. the get swifty was a wit beer, if I remember mm-hmm. yeah, correct. Yeah, delicious. It was got some fruity and it was good. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! You get, get all that citrus and oh uh, no hops, which Vince hates. Uh, I w- uh, Grist House does a lot of IPAs and sours, but uh, the stuff that isn't that, they also do really well. They did a coconut chai tea porter. Whoa. We- I Actually, I need to bug them about it because <laughs> they, did, they did it with tea from Tupelo Honey, and Danielle, who owns there, was like, no, if you like that, tell them you want it again. And I can't, like, I'm there, and I need, that was one of, one of the best dark beers I've ever had in my entire life. Sensational, unique. I got it for like two months straight. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. So, uh, guys, if you were in Pittsburgh, uh, go to Millville, a little town in Millville. Go to Grist House. And check out Millville in general. There's lots of little bars and restaurants. Uh, we even have like a uh, Ironborn Pizza, yes, Frank's oh. Pizza, Nova Cafe. Yeah. There Smalls was Cafe. a coffee shop, but a close Smalls Cafe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, check out Mr. Smalls, which is a big music venue here in town, as well as their smaller stage area, the Fun House, which does everything from music to uh, the occasional comedy show that me and Eric have at times have participated in. Uh, no, seriously, Millvale is that little part of. Uh, Pittsburgh that has really grown and is continuing to grow and uh, Eric and I have been lucky enough to be a part of that by being part of the River's Edge online radio network which hosts this podcast um, we've been doing you know uh, no Millville's really uh, it's an awesome uh, little town uh, you know we recommend it Guar is playing here tomorrow we're pretty yeah. fucking cool it's tomorrow <laughs> or Saturday uh, like Vince said if you come to Millville go to Grist House and be like hey you guys really need to bring that fucking coconut chai porter back. <laughs> and, the sh- and the Rick and Morty beer. Yes, and uh, the Rick and Morty beer. Yeah. And the uh, the open mic that we were talking about is the, was the second? T- second Monday of second Monday. Month, the Millville Mash, technically co-hosted by the Friends of the Millville Library. Yes. All right. Well, now we've gone on enough about <laughs> I think we've properly promoted... Millville and you know and just piss and piss. Gotta let people know about the days. The the days are happening. Without days, like you know, there's no sun. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, let's get to our let's get to movie news. We got to get to the movie news tonight. And what's our first subject? Let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Haley Atwell. Who is she? Haley. You don't know who Haley Atwell? Like I I don't recognize her from the picture. I'm just like, oh. You're an attractive Hollywood person. Mm. You've got, like, that hair that Yasmin Bleeth had in the late 90s. <laughs> you've got, like, big, full red lips. Like, you've got, like, lines, but, like, not enough of them for Hollywood to disown you yet. Like, you know. Oh. Um, <laughs> who besides, like, Meryl Streep and uh, who's the Diane Keaton gets, like, roles after the age of 40 in Hollywood? <laughs> Uh, 
I don't know. When was the last time we saw Raquel Welch? She's... <laughs> I'm off to Raquel Welch looked great. Yeah, like I don't know what she looks like right now, but she was like, she was uh, she's the one who she looked great. You know what? I'll bet you she pops up in like a comedy as like the horny grandma really soon. Yeah, or as like as a reference to her uh, caveman movie, uh, One Million BC. She'll be like a she'll be like the grandma in the next Flintstones movie. That'd be fucking cool. Wait, what? Oh, there's no no Flintstones. I'm just sooner later. One million million BC. Yeah, it was one million BC. Remember in Shawshank Redemption, the uh, the one poster of the woman in the loincloth? That's Raquel uh, Welch. Okay. In the movie okay. One Million B.C. Gotcha. I was like, that's an... Oh, I was like... I was thinking for a minute of like year one, and I was like, wait... No, no, not year one? one. That fucking horrible film. No, don't even... <laughs> disrespect I mean, I know, Raquel like, Welch. Hey, sometimes like former sex symbols still get work, like Betty White. Hey, she hey, was hey, very she, healthy back no, in the no, day. No, no, hey, hey, she made me want to buy a fucking Snickers. <laughs> Is Suzanne Summers still alive? Yeah, she's still alive. Wait, so, so who's this lady and what yeah, is she doing? Yeah, I was going to say, let's get back to Haley Atwell. I feel like we're disrespecting her. Haley Atwell is mostly, is probably most known, especially by Marvel fans, as Agent Carter, the love interest of Captain America. Okay, no, th- this... This will sound like a cheap out, but like whatever picture you have on here, she looks wider than she does in any Marvel show or TV. Like, <laughs> no, 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 not that. Like, not even like her figure, like her yeah. physical, her face there. Yeah. That's like a while, like because I'm like, no, like, what are you talking about? Uh, the lady that Captain America leaves the Avengers to spend an entire life with has a more narrow nose than that. <laughs> it's all about the angles, ladies and gentlemen. But here's what's going on with Haley Atwell. So everyone knows her uh, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Agent Carter. Um, she, uh, in fact, everyone her, but me. Yeah, uh, she had her own TV show for a while named Agent Carter. Um, unfortunately, it only lasted two seasons, and unfortunately. As much as I enjoy her in the role, and she was the best part of the show, Agent Carter was a series that kind of went back and forth between, oh, that was a good episode, too. Yeah, that was pretty mediocre. That was a show that seemed like Marvel was trying too hard to come up with content and not making sure that it was fleshed out. Like yeah, they well, had like some vague ideas, but there wasn't a real. Oh, this is who this character is. We can figure out what to do with her every week. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a prequel series that I, I think part of the reason was when it was announced, it was uh, most fans assumed it uh, it would be her it would be her adventures of the uh, the creation leading up the shield. But I don't think in either season a shield was even mentioned. It was her adventures being an agent of the SSR, the Strategic Science Reserve, which is what created the Captain America program. But I think that was... Time out. The SSR created Captain America? Not the USSR, just the SSR. Let's be clear about that. That's a whole different... mm. Are they doing some weird... Mind games, game minds. Mind hunter. <laughs> but anyway, so here's what's going on, guys. We're like, we're fucking, we're dragging ass here on the subject. We got to okay. go. So here's what's going on. Uh, Haley Atwell has been cast in the next Mission Impossible movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right at, uh, according to an article on, uh, was it uh, Variety.com? Sorry. I want to give credit. Yeah, Variety.com. Uh, writer-director Christopher McQuarrie posted the news on his Instagram account, writing... Should you choose to accept, and a photo of Atwell. Uh, so yeah, she is gonna. Now there's not much details as to what her role in the movie will be. Will she be uh, an ally of Tom Cruise's um, uh, character? Will she be the new enemy? Will she be that character in every movie that first looks like the ally, and then after a while, we probably ten minutes after we're like, this is gonna be the motherfucker that betrays him in this movie, isn't it? Because it happens in every fucking movie. Because I, mean, I get it, spies, but you kind of. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm about to talk some ass right here. I know Mission Impossible f- film franchise have been doing the past uh, several in, um, entries has been doing very well, and I. Uh, but I. Just I'm gonna. Ne- I'm gonna have to call you on some shit. Keep going, but I've never really gotten into the the, the after the There's first one. There's not a single movie where one person betrays the main character. There's not a single Mission Impossible film where that happens. Really. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
in the first one, three characters do that. And I'm pretty sure it only goes up from there. No, go back and watch the yeah, first I, I, one. I guess there was it's a... literally Jean Renault, Jean Voight, and whoever the woman is. Yeah, that wow, that, that was that was accidental sexism at its. Right, no, no, she's a she's a French actress who had a bigger career over in France than she did here in America. And but. for the record, I wouldn't know who Jean Renault, the talented French actor, is if he weren't the lead in The Professional. That's it. I knew he was going to say that movie <laughs> because, because I said, love to bring it up. If he said Godzilla '98, I'm going <laughs> to backhand him. Going to backhand him. No, you should just. If I said that, you should just murder. Right, okay. That's like just straight up, just kill. Right. Don't even stop the <laughs> podcast. Just murder me live, so the fans get to enjoy that. We're gonna make the, We're gonna make every news station in the country live murder on Twitch. Man gains twenty more followers. Anyway. <laughs> Who's he gonna kill next week? Tune in. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so uh, now here's the thing. So once again, we don't know, hasn't said what her role in the film will be, but it's Haley Atwell. I, I, I think she's one of those actresses that she just has a, a nice on-screen charisma. So I'm excited to see what she's going to do in the film. Even though, once again, I'm not the biggest fan of the uh, Mission Impossible franchise. I don't hate them. They just don't do anything as uh, much for me as I think a lot of people do. Though, of course, I respect Tom Cruise for doing all his own uh, stunts in those movies. Um, and speaking of, Paramount, according to the article, Paramount has dated the seventh film for July 30, uh, July 23rd, one. July 23rd, 2021, while an eighth installment will be released on August 5th, 2022. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you enjoy seeing Tom Cruise almost kill himself multiple times, <laughs> guess what? It's Christmas. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, the first one is 1996. I thoroughly enjoyed that film. And oh, also, yeah, no, I enjoyed it too, yeah. It also shows a big jump for Tom Cruise because at that point, Tom Cruise was a fucking movie star. He was not an action star in the slightest. At that point, he had not even thrown... At that point in his career... Austin Powers had done more fight scenes. <laughs> They're like, just judo chop had Tom Cruise beat right there yeah. up until Mission Impossible. And and then in Austin Powers 3, Tom Cruise plays Austin Powers in the Austin Powers movie within the Austin Powers movie. He it does. It all came full circle. And that's actually the best part of Austin Powers to yeah. me. By, by a mile. That yeah. opening credits no. with him and Britney Spears, yeah. Yeah. Now, the best part was Danny DeVito's mini-me. Hey, look at everybody. I'm mini-me. <laughs> Fuck you. Arf, uh, and he shoots okay. the machine gun. The best part of anything Danny DeVito's involved with is Danny DeVito. Yeah, he'll probably be the best part of the next Jumanji movie. <laughs> is he in it? Oh, yeah, he's in it. He plays, no he play, he plays the grandfather of the, uh, the Jewish uh, kid from the last one. Okay, I yeah. did not watch the last one. Uh, it was, I, I heard mixed reviews. I surprisingly enjoyed it because it was like... It was. It's definitely different from the first one. I mean, the whole video game angle, of course, but the feel and what they're going for in the movie, it did its own thing, and for me personally, it pulled it off because if they tried to just redo what they did with Robin Williams and his uh, installment of the film, it wouldn't work. Uh, the sequel, uh, Jumanji, The Next Level, is coming out. Um, we talked about it briefly previously on the show, uh, but uh, I'm a little... I don't know. Most people seem very excited for it because they're doing something very different uh, to try to keep things fresh. Me, I have mixed feelings about it, but that's not what the subject we're getting into. I'll catch it uh, as soon as I can catch it on a streaming yeah. service. Uh, I am excited because I, I like what they did with the Avatar thing, so they allowed to keep it about kids but still cast the box office draw adult actors they wanted to, and... Uh, Fucking The Rock and uh, I think I've said this on the show before, but The Rock and Kevin Hart had great fucking chemistry and uh, central intelligence. Oh yeah, 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 no, and, yeah, and they're like, they're, they, and they've totally become friends in real life. Um, it was funny because uh, there's something once again we talked about previously on the show. As I'm sure a lot of people know, Kevin Hart was recently in a very bad car accident. He is currently recovering from the back injury he sustained. But The Rock, being his friend, tweeted on. Uh, 
on Twitter. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the exact wording. Be like, paraphrasing. You know, yeah, paraphrasing. paraphrasing. Uh, but you know, he said, like, yeah, Kevin's going to be great. He just saw his pediatrician. <laughs> <laughs> Look that up. The Rock really tweeted that. So you know you got to be tight with somebody to yeah. be able to say that after they almost fucking died. Also, uh, also, that's, that's like the mark of like a comedian. Like... You know you're a comedian when you can almost die, and people can say shit like that, and you're like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Haley well- Atwell could be in the next uh, Mission Impossible film. I guess she just loves playing those spirals. Uh, but time to move on to our next news subject. Wait, so we don't know what it's about. We just know that she's going to be in it, and probably in yeah. the next two. We're not sure, but yeah. probably. Um, the, the only thing, and this is a total guess, a total guess, is that she probably has some relation to Rebecca Ferguson's character, who is a new female lead in the Mission Impossible, um, Mission Impossible franchise. And I, I'm sure they're going to play up Haley Atwell, considering she is British, that maybe she's part of MI6 and she knows Rebecca Ferguson, or she's connected to her in some way. But yeah, that's just me taking a total guess. No official statement on what Vincent her character is. guessing! But let's go from one talented female actress from another country to another talented female actress from another country. I'm going to stop you for a second because I'm looking at this preview. I'm just super excited yeah. for what is coming next. I need to, I need to let our audience base know I am very – they should be excited. Yeah. Don't be dehydrated. Be excited. Yeah. Go. Ladies and gentlemen, Margot Robbie might make a Tank Girl movie. Now, what are the odds here? Like, I saw the article. I didn't get to see everything. Uh, do we want to let the audience know what Tank Girl is? Um, do you want to explain it? Because besides the movie, I only know so much about the Tank. I know it's a comic book. It was a, I know it's a comic book from the 90s. It got made into a movie starring Lori Petty, who probably more people know her from. Well, you, a lot of people probably know her from that, but also a lot of people might know her from the movie A League of, uh, League of Their Own. Uh, she, she's one of, She's almost to like the 90s what Diane Keaton was to the 70s. We're talking about women that are not traditional sex symbols, yeah. but that like got fucking. A lot of fucking work in those decades. And, like, Diane Keaton is the love interest in so many fucking movies in the 70s. They're like, hey, we want someone who has glasses and, like, won't look more attractive than the male lead. Okay, uh, time out. Are you telling me Diane Keaton's better looking than a young Al Pacino? No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Like, no, she's better looking than Woody Allen, but not Al Pacino. I'm just, like... You can't. You can't ask me to. You can't ask me to say, "Hey, choose between the Italian and the non-Italian." <laughs> Genetically speaking, I am programmed not to do that. Uh, but but yeah. so, uh, Lori Petty, uh, she was also in, in Cadillac Man. Like she, if you just watch yeah. movies from the '90s, like there's like a fifty percent chance yeah. Lori Petty. Uh, what was that Polly Shore movie? Let, let's join the army. What was that? She was in that. She's, She's in that pro- part. Like, yeah, no. Uh, we'll lo- some week we will look up her filmography and just go, holy shit. Yeah. Like, no, that's just what we'll do for an episode. Uh, but so Tank Girl is, I think, I don't know who did the comic, but uh, it's Alan a- Martin. Alan uh, what Martin, company, yeah. though? Uh, God, it wasn't. So, like, I don't know if it's DC, Vertigo, yeah. Dark Horse. I would like, probably put, it's 90s. I put my money on Dark Horse. That, that, would, that would be my. So, uh, it is, we're, we're talking post apocalyptic, not quite cyberpunk. Uh, yeah. Crazy what? punk. We'll, we'll say crazy punk because I, once again, my, most of my knowledge comes from the movie, and that movie was nuts. That movie is nuts. It is incredible. Highly recommend. Like, it's a weird... It's very weird. It's very weird. It's a cult classic, not quite a full classic. Uh, Got levels of... Huge levels of camp. Essentially, uh, she's, like, this punk rock lady who lives with uh, some, like, rebels or whatever. They're like, oh, whatever. Government society sucks, and water is a commodity you have to pay for in all... It's a restricted, payable commodity. And then the government kills all of her friends, and she teams up with genetically modified kangaroo killers. Yes, there are kangaroo men. I think... 
In the movie, are they called Reapers or Re- something I don't like that. know. All I know is they're like kangaroos that were like, they're half kangaroos, half man, except for one that's half kangaroo, half dog. And that's the one she fucks slash dates. Yes. <laughs> but, and, <laughs> but it's not the one voiced by Ice Cube, who voices yeah. one of the kangaroos. That's so fucking weird. <laughs> How do you get SVU after that? You think that would have cut him off from anything legitimate for like 10 no, years? Yeah, what? what are you serious? They watched that. They were like, holy shit. Did you fucking hear Ice-T voice that fucking kangaroo? That man can definitely play a homicide officer. Okay. I feel like I said Point Ice taken. Cube the first time I meant Ice-T. You always need to clarify the ices. They're yeah. easy to confuse. That's right. Yes, exactly. Cubed. Teed. Uh, vanilla. Vanilla. <laughs> Which is also it. the least sensible one. Right. Like, cube and tea make sense. No one's ever actually had vanilla ice. There's not such a thing. You know, I, I want to Google it right now. <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to the information on the news story. Uh, this, <laughs> this article coming from Empire.com. Um, Alan, Ma- uh, Alan Martin, the creator of Tank Girl, tweeted, Just heard that Margot Robin... Uh, Sorry, Margot Robbie's company, Lucky Chap Entertainment. I didn't even know she had her own little company, but considering how well she's done for herself in the past several years, makes sense. Uh, uh, has option uh, has option rights from MGM to make a new Tank Girl movie. Now, several months into development, we haven't been contacted by any of the parties involved with the project, so not sure if there will be any input from the original creators. This is from Alan Martin, one of the creators. Uh, so yeah, the, the article doesn't say, it's just to make it clear, it's not that Margot Robbie is going to play Tank Girl, even though, I mean, obviously she could d- d- pull off the role. I mean, if, if you could do everything from Harley Quinn to Tanya Harding. She's the perfect person right now yeah. to play Tank Girl. Yeah. Like, the only thing she might pull back on is the fact because she's Harley Quinn, would she want to play a similar crazy comic book character? Uh, even though once, I mean, she, I mean, once again, it's her company, so she, they could cast somebody else. But yes, it would make sense, and that's the only reason why I would think she might not want to play the character is because she already has a comic book character that yes. she has a new movie coming out. You know, so Birds of Prey with Harley Quinn and uh, Huntress and Black Canary. But I feel like those characters are different enough in personality and aesthetic that is not. To me, it wouldn't be. Let's put it this way: Tank Girl. It's not like you're a prime. That, that's not DC main universe. It's not yeah, Marvel no. main universe. It just happens to be a comic book book. And like I would say, between the two characters, the biggest similarities is that uh, three similarities. They're both female. They're both badasses, and they both have uniquely. Colored uniforms, yes. but in completely different ways. That's the three similarities between the characters. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Once again, I'm knowledge. not saying they're exactly the same. I'm just saying they're both comic book characters that are known for their zany, eccentric ways. I think uh, the bigger question right now is how much money can a tank girl like that? That's literally what like she, her agent, the company involved, everyone is doing the calculus to how much money can a tank girl money make? Is it worth? Her starring in it. Yeah, I mean, she's Margot Robbie. She's one of the she's one of the A listers right now in Hollywood, and for I'm sure, sure. If, I'm sure if I looked at her IMDb, even after Birds of Prey, the the next DC uh, movie where she's playing Harley Quinn, she's probably got four or five movies already lined up. Uh, so yeah, no, we'll see how that goes. I know that I know there's a lot of Tank Girl fans out there, so I'm sure they'll be excited for a new, more modern take. And considering we live in an age where comic book movies. Yeah, I mean, mostly Marvel, yes, but still, you know, we, we have some cool stuff on the way where, like, people, they take conch movies in a mostly different light now. So You know what I would do with it if I were them? And I'm not saying they will. I wouldn't do a film. What would you do, a miniseries? I would do a Netflix show. A Netflix show? Now, it, again, it becomes a... a Formula again of how much money can you make versus the time you spend, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now I want to say there's more money available if you actually do a film. Uh, theoretically, you know, again, depending on contract, uh, the Netflix money, whatever it is, is fucking guaranteed. But it also, uh, 
would be a whole 10 episode season for her to chew the scenery and be that character like well we'll see um i mean Nef- i mean netflix has so much competition now especially with disney on the way with disney plus um and then you got every other major network either already well, having one like cbs all access or what i mean there's even apple tv for a, i mean i mean we've i've talked about this before like these streaming wars are going to get wild oh they are oh 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 especially now with disney throwing its you know it's uh, a magician's a- hat in the ring you know and amazon is going to step it up at some point cuz i feel like they've just kind of been chilling like oh yeah hey we do stuff and also remember we'll never fucking run out of money yeah. ever like like i feel like they have been just slow rolling shit because they fucking can oh yeah no jeff bezos has so much money that he pisses dollar coins <laughs> That's not true. He actually pisses elves who piss dollar coins. He ha- do you know don't want to know how much he had to pay for the surgery for that, but he can afford it. He can. He really can. And he, he not even the the small little Santa elves. We're talking Lord of the Rings full sized human elves. We went way weird. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll take the blame because I I, uh, I took what you had, which was funny as is, and I augmented it. To an, an How was your piss, man? Oh, it was a full on Legolas. Uh, let me fucking tell you. He just Legolas just popped out my dick and unleashed a flurry of arrows. <laughs> That's a sentence that should never be said, yeah. and I love that you said it. Welcome, first time viewers, to the PO Vincent podcast, where I could say literally fucking anything, <laughs> and I do it without drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my favorite thing that's ever been said on the show. Uh, I'm like Spider-Man. My imagination is my gift and my curse at the same time. Uh, anyway, enough of that. The Margaret <laughs> take. <laughs> like I'm, I'm actually because the two of us are just slowly dying okay. from laughter and like you know not taking care of ourselves, no. but it's okay because our audience gets to look at uh, this picture of Margot Robbie, who is an extremely healthy human being, yes. and then a picture of an unhealthy-looking tank girl that looks like strangely like Margot Robbie. Like it is <laughs> eerie how much that yeah. fucked up that that looks like Tank Girl just played fucking field hockey with like the boys and she looks just like Margot Robbie with yeah. the bloody nose. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on to the uh, the final news story of the night. Let's move on to that one. Uh, once again, it, it's a, just a lineup of, of actors and actresses not from this country who are really, really good to do. Ladies and gentlemen, Chimitel Ejifer, who's most known probably still f- uh, for either 12 Years a Slave or for being the star- uh, the Doctor Strange movie has been cast in the new movie Infinite. So he was the guy in the Doctor Strange movie that isn't Idris Elba. Idris Elba wasn't... Exactly! (laughs) Doesn't change the fact that he's not Idris Elba. He's not Idris Elba, yes. Though actually what I said applies to... Literally every character in Doctor Strange. Like I could have said that about Rachel McAdams. Still true. Yeah, yeah, very true. I mean, I it's hard to technically argue the angle you're playing. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you please. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Chimitel Edgefer has joined Mark Wahlberg in Paramount's action thriller Infinite with Antoine Fuqua directing. So this is like just we got a cool, we got two good actors and we got a good director. Um, Adapting D. Eric, uh, oh my, sorry, Micron's novel. Holy, holy, that's a hell of a last name. I thought my name. Anyway, uh, uh, adapting D. Eric uh, Micron's novel. The sorry, drank too much beer. It's coming up on me. Anyway, (laughs) too much jams, man. Too much jams. Such quality here on the Peter Whitman podcast. Anyway, uh, novel the Reincarnationist Papers, which is centered on the. Cognomina, a secret society of people who possess total recall of their past lives. Uh, Wahlberg thinks in the movie his character that he has schizophrenia because he sees these images of things not from his life, but it turns out he has a past life 
and that's when he counters the society. Edgifer will be playing one of the members of the secret society that tracked down people who are having uh, recall of their past lives in order to absorb the knowledge of their past lives and to strengthen them and make them superhuman. So this sounds like a really kind of interesting supernatural slash sci-fi kind of concept. Uh, I'm, uh, this almost sounds like Wanted with Acid. All our, I never actually saw Wanted. All I know okay. is that bullets bend, and then Mythbusters did an episode about that. <laughs> Heads up, they don't. <laughs> Again, Wanted was in that post-Matrix area where uh, every movie for the next decade tried to imitate the Matrix, often without having a reason as to why they were able to do the same things that were people were able to do when yeah. they weren't in a real world, but actually just a computer-generated world where things weren't real. Yeah, the, the only one that worked out was Crouching, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, because it was set in the world of the old-school kung fu movies where they learned secret martial arts techniques that allow them to achieve such level of technique. Also, technically, I think Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon actually came out before... Uh, uh, I'm not sure about I'm this. I'm going to look it up. I just want to came I out... I want to say it's 97 or 98, but I'm not I'm sure. Gonna, it could be 99. Out, I might have Crouching Tiger, Hidden... No. God damn it. If it came uh, out a year or two later... Two thousand. Two years. Nah. Two years. No. One year. One year. Matrix is 99. Am I wrong? You are correct. We both, we both got a point. We both got a point. So, uh, But yeah, I mean... But yeah, but like, like you said, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like it made sense. And also, I think, I'm not sure, but I think some of the stunt people might have actually been the same stunt people. I'm not sure on that. It's though. totally possible. I mean, the Wachowskis obviously made the Matrix, uh, I mean, out of their passion for anime, because there's definitely anime elements all throughout all three movies. Wait, wait, um, time so out. You're surprised. saying that the people that literally made the Animatrix really like anime? <laughs> True. Keep in mind, though, they didn't do every entry in the Animatrix. All the little shorts were done. So they did some of the shorts, but some of them were done by other people. Uh, the point is they signed off on the Animatrix being made. Yes, they totally Literally did. a show that was like, hey, here's your movie, but anime. Yeah. Oh, anime. I'll never forget. What was that one Leakin Park music video where they have Gundam plastic models in the background? I'm so, what? I don't know this, and I'm so surprised that, like, this isn't ingrained in my head because Sheena fucking loves Gundam. I was going to say, we like, should I'll, ask... Yeah, yeah, no. It's, like, uh, uh, it was Wing Zero from the Endless Waltz movie, the one with some really cool wings. And uh, I can't remember which other ones. Probably some of the other wing ones, because they were probably the most known in America. Uh, which one was that? Uh, it was the one, that, that weird one scene where they got those giant leg things. Are you, are you about to message Sheena right now and ask her? What? Yeah. No. <laughs> yes. All right, we'll stop the show so we can find it. No, keep <laughs> going. You, you talk. I just, I'm going to be, anyway, you know, uh, yeah. technically illiterate. Keep yeah. going. Keep yeah, going. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this because, I mean, uh, I, I'm sure most people first came to know Ch uh, Chibatel Edger for, for his role in the movie 12 Years a Slave, which was a massive success. And uh, I worked at a movie theater at the time that movie came out. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. Never before in my life have I ever seen so many depressed white people <laughs> after seeing a movie. And how many times I heard, like, we just did some horrible stuff. In this <laughs> Every day for several weeks. Uh, <laughs> but no, he's a really good actor. The first time I ever saw him was in the movie uh, Serenity, the movie adaptation of the TV series Firefly, which I'm sure a lot of people... No, I'm talking about there. He played the villain in the movie, the uh, the assassin. Wait, he's the villain in that. He's the assassin in the That's movie. That's the dude. That's the dude. Okay. <laughs> like no, he's he's fucking great in Serenity. Oh yeah, like, no, he's a great foil for uh, Nathan Fillion's character in that. Uh, Hal. It was Hal, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah Hal. Uh, yeah. I, it's the names. Okay, my girlfriend actually made this clear to me. Did you ever watch Castle? 
No, I know I know of it, but I never watched it. Castle was the procedure starring Nathan Fillion, who plays a uh, mystery novelist who starts tailing a gorgeous female NYPD detective and uh, helps her solve cases, and they eventually get married. Uh, and at one point, uh, Sheena was like, well, yeah, fucking Castle doesn't have a personality. He's just a Gary Stew. I was like, no, Castle ha- totally has a personality. She was like, no, Castle doesn't have a personality. Nathan Fillion just does. <laughs> and I was it's like, true. <laughs> it's completely true. I was like, ah, a skewered, because that was just so... I was like, literally, the show was like, hey, hey, Nathan Fillion, you're going to play James Patterson, except in a way where he's interesting and people like him. <laughs> that's, that's all the show is. All right. Quick question before we move away from this news article and go on to our movie review for this episode. What was the first thing you ever saw Nathan Fillion in? Oh, wow. First thing. Uh, uh, <laughs> what, 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 what was the weird I don't, I don't think it was the first one what was the weird horror movie with him and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks um, the only thing that's come to mind is Slither for yeah me. So, so that, that's it the first thing I ever saw him in was uh, Bedat- no not Bedazzled um, Blast from the Pla- uh, Blast from the Past the movie with Brendan Fraser and Alicia Silverstone where Brendan Fraser grows up in a bomb shelter and, and then he comes out. Billions in that. He's in that. He's the shitty boyfriend to Alicia Silverstone. Uh, but then I, I remember I saw that movie, and, but I didn't know it was just he was just nobody at that time, you know. Uh, but the first thing just that I, dude, just the, a dude. but the first movie I said that was the first thing I saw him, and the first thing I con- concretely remembered him in was the final season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Where he plays an evil priest with super strength that worships the, the the main villain of that season, and he fights Buffy on several occasions, and that and she ha- couldn't beat him until she got the Slayer sight. Did not know that, but that explains the Josh Whedon Nathan exactly right. Love. Yeah, yeah, that's why. He I mean, I uh, fucking. I mean, I'm I'm sure. I feel like we've discussed him yeah. multiple times on the show, but Doctor Horrible Sing Along exactly. Blog. Yeah, no, Whedon likes his people, including Gina Torres, who was the villain in one of the seasons of Angel, and that's also, and she was also on Firefly. So, yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> so, wow. I, I feel like we cheated Chiwetel Ejiofor there for a bit, but no, we got him. We got him. He's a great actor. Please, uh, I'm excited for this movie, Infinite. We'll see how it goes. I, I actually still haven't seen Twelve Years a, a Slave. You know, I didn't. I didn't either, because once again, I was working at the movie theater at the time. And the thing is, when you work five days a week at a movie theater, unless you really want to see something. You don't go to work. Well, so. it's the same. like when you work at a restaurant. Yeah. After like a month, you're just like nothing on the menu is edible. No, no I, I can't eat anything on this. And it doesn't matter pretty much where you work. Like any place, after a month, you're just like I just hate everything. Can we just burn the place down? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, time to move on. Somewhere I Belong is the name of the Linkin Park video that has the condoms in it. Good work. Thank you, (laughs) Miss Matt Cross. She texted me, but my phone's on silent. Tell her I said thank you. (laughs) She'll probably name H Gundam that appears as the plastic model in that, too. (laughs) She probably could. Oh, my God. But anyway, so, so, all right, let's move on to our movie review of the night. Ladies and gentlemen, I had an option between two movies. One was a Downtown Abbey movie. However, I've never seen well, a time sing- out, time out. Wait, what did you just say? The Downtown Abbey movie. One more time. Say that for me one more time. The Downtown Abbey the movie. The Downton Abbey. Downton? Downton. Downton? Downton. 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 Downton Abbey. Yes. Not down, Downtown Abbey. I was like, what are you... It's the da- Downtown Abbey. We're going to watch the Downtown Abbey show. Okay, this will make the next part of what I was going to say make sense. Never seen a single episode of the show. <laughs> so it's either that, a movie f- based on a TV show that I have no prior knowledge of. Or the extremely mo- British and slow. Yeah. Or the movie where Jennifer Lopez uh, plays a stripper. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about Hustlers. Wait, she, okay, this is going to sound like a very like, uh, stereotypical male testosterone question and it may be but how old is Jennifer Lopez now 
Um, I want to say, I'll look at it. I want to say late 40s. Let's okay. take a look. I ask because she's playing a stripper, and in my in my mind, uh, Jennifer Aniston currently holds Aniston? the Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Sorry. Currently holds the record right. for a woman and age playing a stripper where you're like, how the fuck do you look like that? Okay, okay I'm doing the math now. Uh, let's see. She was six, uh, born in 1969, so she's 50? Okay. No, Am I, my I, math I, correct? I, I, that, that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That sounds, uh, I want to say Jennifer Anderson was like 47 or 48 when we're, uh, were the Millers was made. But that, that was the thing where it was like, A, how do you look as good for the age you are? Because you literally look better than you did in the film The Leprechaun. <laughs> like, no, she she looked like uh, in, in past a like oh like I'm an arouse. Just like you just you just look super healthy. You're gonna live to be three hundred. Congratulations. I like, know, right? Oh my God, plastic surgery is amazing. I don't I don't even think it's that much plastic surgery. She just looks was, like. She's really healthy and drinks like the youth of virgins every day. I'm in blood, not youth. Whatever. That's the real secret. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston's a succubus. Come on, you, you know the, the, why She's, do you think Bloody Mary looks so good? That's why she always pops up in everyone's mirrors. She wants to show off how attractive virgin blood makes you look. Anyway, let's talk about <laughs> hustlers. <laughs> Transition that shit, man. <laughs> so this movie is based on a true story. It's it stars uh, Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu, who probably most people would know her for uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, uh, Constance Wu plays Destiny, um, a young woman who strips uh, and has to take care of her grandma. Great. And she, no, I'm finishing the plot synopsis. Do it. Shut the Do fuck it. up. I'm playing. Do it. Uh, and she's struggling to make money in the stripper biz, meets Jennifer Lopez, who kind of takes her under her wing. But then the Wall Street collapse happens in 2007, and they have to change how they work as strippers to make money and by taking it to the people on Wall Street. And that's a basic plot synopsis. Okay, so what has me the most excited about this fucking movie that I had not heard about before today yeah. is that Lizzo is in this film. Lizzo? Lizzo. Who is Lizzo? Lizzo, uh, you need to Google some shit real quick, my friend. Lizzo is the up-and-coming musician. Uh, Lizzo, in a nutshell, and like someone will probably be like, oh, Eric, you're fucking wrong. Okay. She's basically like modern-day pink. She's doing like pop, hip-hop, but like in a unique way that's not being done right now. Uh, okay. I feel like that's what Pink was for yeah, the Yeah, wasn't she like one of the other nominees against Billie Eilish for Musician of the Year at the MTV I, Music Awards? I think Awards? so. Uh, like, she's been blowing up. I was not familiar. Uh, she and I were driving back, I think, from some holiday with my family, and some song came on. I can only remember that it was a female and was a badass and had a sense of humor. Like, it might have been talking shit about some dude, and Sheena was just like, this song is amazing, and I need to look this person up. And then, like, a few weeks later, she was like, blah, 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 Lizzo. And I was like, who the fuck? And she was like, remember that song? And I was like, oh, Lizzo! So I'm excited that she's in this because, yeah. I'm glad you're excited she's <laughs> in it because she's only in it for about 15 minutes. So <laughs> That's significant. Like, like you're like, I mean, a in a two-hour movie? All right, all right, enough, enough. Let me talk about the fucking movie, Jesus Christ. Anyway, so, yeah, this movie now, it's a movie about strippers, so I'm going to get this out of the way. So I know people are going to want to know, do we see some boobs, all right? The movie's rated R, yes, we see some boobs, but it's never overly flaunted. The boobs are there, and it makes sense, like they're in the dressing room and someone's getting dressed, but it's never just flaunted in your face for no reason. So it's just breastfeeding boobs. Basic, uh, kind of, yeah. Um, though, honestly, the movie probably could have used some more boobs, if I'm being a little <laughs> You're like, there should have been less breastfeeding more. For the record, I'm not saying the boobs are only there when they're breastfeeding. I'm just saying yeah. that uh, for the plot, it's like breastfeeding. They're only right. there when necessary. All right. Now, here's the thing about this movie. So it's based on a true story. Apparently, some strippers that scammed a lot of Wall Streeters uh, after the Wall Street collapse uh, ten, over 10 years ago. Uh, so I'll try to be cool about this as I can because it's ba based on real people. 
Um, so like I said, Constance Wu plays our main character, Destiny, whose name is actually Dorothy, but she, I think her stripper name is Destiny. Though, excuse me. There are moments in the film where people still call her Destiny outside of the strip club, so I got a little confused for a while. I was like, is her name Destiny or is her name Dorothy? On IMDb, she's listed as Destiny, so I don't know if there was a somebody screwed up or it's just like the strippers still call each other by their stripper names outside the club. Well, uh, have you ever known anyone who just wa- rocks a nickname most of the time? Well, yeah, but like, like why... I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. To me. Literally had a dude this past week where my friend right. was like, hey, I talked to someone who works at your restaurant, and they said that no one by your name works there. And his response was, oh, yeah, everyone at that restaurant calls me a name that's not my name. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so the movie takes uh, – the movie has a lot to set up because it follows our main character, uh, Destiny, who is like, you know, she's trying to make it big at the big – a strip club in New York City, but she needs help. Jennifer Lopez is the veteran there. She like drives like older guys who just go there just to see her. She knows how to dance. She knows how to do the pole. She knows how to make the big fucking bucks. And you know they kind of form a bond. You know, kind of like a sisterly bond. Uh, and the movie, like I said, it's based on true events. So they go from when Destiny first joins the strip club, meets Jennifer Lopez, to like her growing and fine-tuning her craft and making actually really good money doing it uh, to the Wall Street collapse and the uh, what happened to them after that and you know now the problem with this is well part of the problem is the movie takes a while before we actually get to the actual plot of the film where it's them striking back at these Wall Street guys by scamming them and drugging them and all this kind of stuff Literally, I think the movie gets about 40 to 45 minutes in before we get to this, before we actually get to the actual Damn. plot of the movie. And it's just a lot of their backstory, but it just takes a little too long. To the, and that's why I said, and I mean this in a jokingly way, I could have used more boobs because I was like, okay, we, we get it. I'm just, can we get to the thing the trailer promised me was going to happen? It takes too long to get uh, to that. Th- that's a big thing with a film. If you give away certain things yeah. in the trailer, you, you really shouldn't give away anything significant that happens more than 25 minutes into the film, Tom. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, and going back to, you know, talking about Margot Robbie in Suicide Squad, one of the complaints people had about Suicide Squad is the movie takes a while before it gets to the plot, where the Suicide Squad goes on the mission. And it's kind of like they're the same thing here. It's like, you know, we get it. Like, you know, it's like Wall Street happened. I think it would have been better if the movie started right after Wall Street. Uh, they were uh, like... Uh, around the Wall Street incident, and then we use flashbacks to show their uh, friendship between uh, Jennifer Lopez's Ramona and Destiny. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of irritating. It took a while to do it. Um, the movie has a lot of comedy in it, these funny moments with the strippers. You know, Each one of them has their own little thing going on. Um, I gotta say, the first half of the movie, most of the comedy fell flat for me, though I will say the people in the auditorium I was with in the theater, they seemed to be laughing. Though in the second half of the movie, I found the comedy better. I was actually laughing, so I don't know, maybe one of the, the writers or, or who was doing the screenplay just worked it better in the second half of the movie, but uh, for a while, I really wasn't laughing at, at a lot of stuff until the second half. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it was, but the second half just seems things were just funnier to me, maybe it's because I was just, you know... Um, Another thing, uh, Lizzo. Like I said, Lizzo isn't really in the movie a lot. And there's a lot of characters in the first half of the movie that are the other strippers at the club, one of them being played by Cardi B. Uh, and we, you know, we meet these characters, but then a lot of these characters don't matter in the second half of the film. Like after like the strip club starts to like go downwards because of the, the Wall Street collapse, because a lot of their clientele are from Wall Street. Um, we don't see these characters in the second half of the movie. Like, there's this one character who her problem is her boyfriend doesn't like that she's working five, six days a week, and she has to deal with them. This character ha- doesn't is not part of the plot in the second half of the film. Honestly, she could have been totally written out. And there's a few other characters in the movie. It's like, why are we even bothering? I feel like a lot of this stuff should be skipped. Hell, minor spoiler, Usher shows up in the film, 
And it doesn't really matter. He just kind of shows up just so that I guess they could say Usher was in the film. Like, once again, it's based on a real event, so maybe Usher really did show up at this strip club in these real people's wait, lives. Wait, wait, so he shows up as Usher. As Usher. I, I need to clarify that, because yes. when you say Usher shows up, like, uh, you know, he's a real person. You just be like, hey, I'm Tyrone, like, or Jim, or no. whatever. Yeah, like, no. it's It's Usher being Usher. Um, now, what I... My biggest problem with the film is, uh, is the story. I, I've seen this story before. Someone, they're going through a rough part in their life, they're barely scraping by, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get, that, to get those riches, to get that fortune, whatever, and then they start to do something that's not, too that's not really illegal, but then they amp it up to something that is, okay, it's illegal at this point, but now we're making a ton of money and you know how it's going to go. They're going to take that one step too far and it's going to screw them over or they're going to bring in somebody new and trust them to help them out with the, the illegal business, whatever they're doing, and that, you know that person's going to betray them or fuck up and reveal the whole thing. The story has been there, done that. I've seen this before. Uh, Tom Cruise just had a, a movie like this a couple years ago where he was playing, uh, once again, based on real events. It's always based on real events. Uh, oh, you know, he, he was that, a pilot. He, yeah, he was an a airplane pilot that was smuggling drugs. For uh, the CIA? Yeah. Uh, well, first for the drug people, then he starts to work with the CIA, and then the drug people find out about it, and then that gets him in trouble. Um, anyway, uh, and then there was that other movie, uh, War Dogs, with Jonah Hill and... Uh, Crap, what's that kid uh, from uh, Whiplash and Fantastic Four? Uh, Miles, Miles Teller? Yeah, Miles Teller. There were that movie, Sounds War right. Dogs. Same thing. The only movie in the past few years that has that similar part that I've enjoyed was the movie Molly's Game starring Jessica Chastain and Idris Elba, also based on real events. But what I liked better about that movie is that for the character, who was, once again, based on a real woman, it wasn't about the fame and riches. It was psychological. It was about her having power over men. That's what it was because she had a very strange, uh, uh, strange relationship with her father, who was, the, you know, in, in, in anyone's life, you know, your, the, your father, whether it be, you know, your biological or step, uh, adoptive father, whatever, um, they are your template growing up for what a man should be. And that was the thing that, that I liked about it. And same thing for, once again, um, uh, you know, you can apply this even though it's different in the social network. Um, uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Mark Zuckerberg. It wasn't about getting rich. It was about being popular. I like it when it's not just, but with this, it's just they want to get rich to take care of, and I get it, you, you, the underdog. They're struggling. We all, the American dream is just a twisted version of the American dream, but I've seen this story too many times, and this movie doesn't really do anything new with it. And you it doesn't kinda, surprise you yeah, at all. Yeah, nothing surprised, and you know who's going to screw up. You know who's going to take that step too far. Um, one of the positives I will say about this, I don't think anybody poorly acted in the film except for maybe Cardi B. I mean, people were kind of laughing at her. She was, once again, not laughing at her. I don't think bad acting because they just found her character funny. But uh, I don't know. Constance Wu does fine. Jennifer Lopez does fine. Um, and before I give my final uh, verdict on the film, why does Jennifer Lopez still get starring roles in films? I I'm not trying to be a dick here, but I cannot remember the last film where she was one of the leads and it did well. Like, there was that movie, it was just uh, a couple years ago, where she plays a teacher that sleeps with the new student, and then the new student turns out to be a psycho that's obsessed with her. I forget what the hell that was called. Well, yeah, but those movies are always, like, kind of yeah. doomed anyway, so that actually makes more sense, because yeah. by casting J-Lo, you're going to guarantee X amount of ticket sales. True. To, like, a crappy plot with a limited... Uh, very capped ticket threshold, if we're right. being honest. And then there was uh, her, her, her more, uh, next recent movie, Second Act, that just came out this past December with uh, Leah Remini. Once again, on IMDb, the score for it is a 5.8, which isn't great. Uh, it's not completely horrible, but it's like I'm sure most people forgot about it. I just don't get why. Just, J-Lo just does not have a good, like, 
track record with her films. Okay, I I see what you're saying, but I want to say, and this will sound weird, I'm going to defend her acting and say that it has more to do with the movie chase because of what you just said there. I'm like, oh, yeah, but you can say, like, the same thing about Eddie Murphy and, like, A Thousand Words or whatever that one, you know what I like? When's the last time Murphy did, like, a film that people were like, oh, yeah, that's fucking good? Oh, yeah, no, here's the thing. I'm not saying uh, Jennifer Lopez is a bad actress. I mean, I haven't seen her in anything. Like, I haven't seen a lot of her movies. I just know, like, every time I I hear a new movie is coming out, it doesn't tend not to do that well. I guess my critique here is you're like, why is someone still giving her lead roles? I'm like, no, it makes sense to give her lead roles. Her agent just needs to fucking pick better films. I I will say that. Jennifer Lopez either picks either get a different agent to pick your movie film your movie roles or the the films that you're in or if you're picking them I think you should leave it to somebody else because I'm looking down her filmography and at least it's with, rough yeah and, and with someone like Eddie Murphy yeah Eddie Murphy has a lot of bad movies on his belt but Eddie Murphy also still has a ton of good movies on his belt yes but how far back do we have to go to get to those uh like, but to your point, when you were like, hey, like a good Jennifer Lawrence film, yeah. I was like, or uh, sorry, Jennifer Lopez, I was like, well, what about that film she was in with George Clooney in the 90s? Out of sight, I think? Uh, yeah. Uh, but like that, that's, like, I mean, she's been in plenty of films. Yeah. Uh, wasn't she in that TV show with Ray Liotta where she plays a cop? Yeah, I think it's called Shades of Blue, and it ended in... End of the last year. Okay. All right. But anyway, so my final verdict. Do I recommend this film? Do I not recommend it? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. No disrespect to Constance Wu, Jennifer Lopez, or the other women in this film. Uh, you know, some notable act- actresses. But, yeah, I'm not going to mac- recommend you this film. You hate strippers. I hate strippers. They strip me of my humanity. No. Uh, it's just, you hate bad writers. Yeah, yeah. It's just a movie that pre- that is like I've seen this story, and it presents nothing new or fresh or interesting. You know, uh Props to all the women and other actresses in it, but it's just, yeah, it, it, it's just same old, been here, done that. No, no, no reason to give your ticket money for this one. Uh, you know, just uh, I don't know. Rent John Wick three. That just came out on DVD. Go see John Wick three. <laughs> <That's> pretty- <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, pick it up at your local library, like I did this week. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the POVs and podcast here on the Rose Edge online, uh, online Radio Network. Uh, I have been your host, Vincent Dini, and I'll give you my point of view on movies. Once again, thank you to my co-host and sound engineer, Eric the Human Megahorn Williams. Once again, it's uh, great talking about movies, having a good time. Thank you all for tuning in. We will see you next week. Take it easy.